Welcome to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show on the air. Heading downtown. Little holiday feasting, the Italian style. Maybe head over to San Giorgio. Good old authentic right out of Napolia, right there in uh, Italy. Uh, the uh, no, authentic Napolitano Pizzeria, downtown Milwaukee, or right next door at Calderon Club. Great, best Italian food you're going to stick in your grill. I mean, just fantastic. Stop in either place. Uh, say hi to Gino, Robin, everybody that works there. They're good people. This time of year, oh, yeah. that's You just take a load off. You relax a little bit. Sit in the decorated atmosphere. Maybe before or after a Bucks game last night. Pack Marquette was playing downtown last night. Saw that. So, good stuff. Stop into San Giorgio. Or stop into uh, to Calderon Club. Either way, and uh, they pair up some of the specials that have my name on them. Pair them up with uh, Cider Boys. Good stuff. Good stuff. Point Brewing. Right here in our own backyard. Check out uh, Calderon Club and Sin Giorgio. Either place, fantastic. Old World Third Street, downtown Milwaukee, right across the street from the Hyatt. 877-867-1670. hit us up? Do it. Let's go back to the calls. Let's talk to Scott. Scott, welcome to the program, man. How you doing today? What's going on? Good. Good, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I wanted to talk about uh, the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I've called in before, and uh, I'm kind of an advocate of, uh, let's see what Jordan loves, Scott. Uh, I still stand true to that. Uh, think about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, I find it incredibly selfish of him. If he knew his thumb was broken and he's still playing on it and he's been playing as kind of poorly as he has, I think that's just his ego coming out uh, and putting himself before the team for whatever reason, his Hall of Fame status, his staff padding, whatever, whatever he's thinking. But at this point, again, I just want to see Jordan Love because you've got to make a decision where you're going to extend him at the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I've got to see what you've got. i got to see what he's worth. Because I'm not going to bring him back or extend him for another year if he's trash. And the rest of this season is a good, healthy sample size. Against, let's, let's face it, there's some good teams on that schedule. I want to see what he can do against the Vikings who are going to be coming for blood. I want to see what he can do against the Chicago Bears. I want to I I see what he's got while still teams that we're playing have something to play for. It's one thing to go out there and beat up on a team that, like, Detroit who has really enough to play for, but probably like the Packers do. But I want to see what he can do against a, cal- a playoff-caliber team uh, with the talent that we've got right now on offense with a buddy Christian Watson, maybe Romeo Dobbs back, with both those guys in the backfield, uh, you know, Aaron and, and uh, Quadzilla back there. i got to see what he's got with the one, number one guys against a non-scrub you know, scrub preseason team with, like they've been rolling him out here uh, over the course of the last two years. So, I don't like that Aaron Rodgers is still playing with a, you know, with a broken thumb. I think it's selfish. It doesn't put the team first. And But at this point, if you tell me he doesn't play, great. But we have nothing left but pride. Let's see what Jordan's got. Aaron Rodgers, you're going to get paid regardless if you're starting or not. Don't be so butthurt about it. You know what the organization's organization got to do moving forward. He should understand that as a professional and just let us do this for the rest of the season. What do you think? I, well, I appreciate the phone call. Let me kind of expound upon that. Let's let's think about this for a minute here. So remember the guy that preceded Aaron Rodgers? Remember that guy? What was his name? Ah, oh, that's right. Favre. Bart Favre. So Favre was the Iron Man. And when Rodgers took over, 
Remember the game against the New England Patriots. It was at Lambeau Field. Favre goes down with an injury. Second play of the second half. Snap. Rodgers goes to step back. His own guy steps on his foot, right? Breaks it. Now, Rodgers, he's in pain. But come on, man. You can't get your first opportunity and then go down with a broken foot behind the guy that never misses a start, right? You you can't do that, right? That's kind of where he's at. He never forgot about the guy that he replaced. Never forgot about that. So he's got that guy in the back of his mind. He's obviously got his job in the back of his mind. He's got the goodwill of I'm playing for a lot of money in the back of his mind. But if he sits and says, you know what? I'm a little banged up. I'm going to go ahead and sit down. Do you know how many people are going to call this program and go, well, Favre never would have done that because there's the people out there that still believe Favre could come back and play. Now, he's not flying from Mississippi to Green Bay in the private jet anymore. Not, not since there's the threat of prison. But they believe Favre can come back and play. So can he? I don't know. But there's those people out there that just believe Favre walked on water. And Rodgers was never going to live up. Now if he takes time out and decides to sit, uh, you know. Uh, but I, I'll say this. For two, two reasons. One, uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back because of all the money. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He's coming back. Got a lot of money coming his direction next year. So he's he's going to come back and play. Um the second reason is he is not going to retire the same year, the same offseason as Tom Brady. And then in five years, sit second fiddle, a, a distant second fiddle, to the rings a-jingling in the pockets of one Tom Brady. I, it just, I, It's not going to happen. He's going to be on the standalone. So he's going to be back next year. You got to figure out what you have in Jordan Love. You're going to figure out if you're going to pay the man, and then you can figure it out. But I don't think he's going to say just voluntarily, "Yeah, go ahead and sit me," because there's just going to be so many people that are going to point the finger and go, "He's getting paid a ton of money." Favre never sat. Favre would never do this. He was more competitive. Rogers doesn't care. Rogers is off in la-la land, and he's aloof, and they're going to, you know, all the things, all the reasons people use to to kind of hate on Rodgers, they'll use to say, aha, I told you so. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Mike listening to us in Final Act. Mike, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, thanks a lot for taking my call. First-time caller, actually. Good um, to have you. I agree with the last caller. No, you got to play love. I know they keep saying mathematically we have a chance to play us. So those people still drumming that up, tell me this. That means four teams we have to – well, three teams go on the road in the NFC, but it would be the Super Bowl, be the fourth road game, you know. Who are we going to beat? Maybe one team we can beat out of there? What, maybe go to Minnesota win? You think we're going to go to Dallas and win? I mean, it, it, we can't beat San Fran. You're right. We get punched in the mouth and our – we, we just fold over and cry like a little schoolgirl, basically, you know. And, I mean, I understand Rodgers doesn't want to, you know, sit down and say, well, you know, Favre better did that. And you're right about that. But 
why don't the Green Bay Packers brass sit down in a meeting with them and say, look, just like pro wrestling, let's be buddy-buddy back here in front of the cameras. We'll say for the best interest of him, we're going to sit him down because it's not just this year. We have to play him next year. So we're going to mm-hmm. sit him down, and we're going to see what love has. And Eric can say, I really want to play, but I understand. So that way he can still save face. Because bottom line, it's not the Green Bay Rodgers. It's the Green Bay Packers. And it's a machine we have to keep going. I'm kind of excited. I mean, not excited that we're losing. Hey, Packer faithful here. But isn't it kind of nice to pick in the top ten finally again? All these teams like Minnesota, yeah, they're good. But how many times have they picked in the ten and top 15 in the last 10, 15 years? Mm-hmm. We've been in the playoffs like, what, 26 out of the last 30 years with Favre and Rodgers? I love that. But you know what? It's not fun always going to the big dance, the playoffs and not getting on the floor and dancing. How many times have we hit, you know, good team, good team, but you never get to that final stage, and you're like, God, you know, now what do we do? Well, we're going to be picking, like, you know, 28th, 29th. Well, who are you going to get? That's like going to a buffet. If you're the first 10 people in that door, you're going to get grade-A food. You know, you're going to get their first heaping of everything. You come in there, like, 28, 29, you're like, well, I think that's a chicken breast. Does that look like salad to you? <laughs> yeah, you might find something good once in a while, but you know what? Most of the times, you're like, yeah, we should have came earlier. Same thing with the draft. I'm excited. Hey, I just heard that I'm a fan of, what, top eight, right, or, or eighth pick? That's yeah. exciting to me. You know, let's add some talent here and stuff and see what we have. We've been hit by injuries and stuff, but I said last year we should have traded Rodgers when he was at his – peak, you know, two uh, MVPs to Denver and say, it's a machine. I love the Packers. I want to win, but we got to see what we have with uh, uh, love and got to face it. You have to move on eventually. You always got to be one step ahead because now we didn't trade them. And now, look, I'm not saying we would have the fourth overall pick like Seattle's going to get because with Aaron and Hackett, you know, it could have been a good thing out there. Maybe, you know, they're in the playoffs, but still we're getting an extra first round pick. But here's the thing, Packer Nation. Would you be upset right now if Love was playing this year and Rodgers was traded in the offseason and the Packers are 4-8? and eight? I'd be ecstatic. I said, hey, there's improvement here. We're, we're doing good. A couple close games and stuff. But mm-hmm. with Rodgers at 4-8, and eight, we hate it. Think yeah. about that, Packer Nation. Have a good one, man. Appreciate it. Uh, the last time the Packers were drafting in the top 10, I believe B.J. Raji was the ninth overall pick. The ninth overall pick, I believe. Last time before that, I think, was A.J. Hawk. So the last two times they picked in the top ten, they went defensive people. Both times. Raji played really well and then called it a career early. And then uh, A.J. Hawk never lived up to the number five overall billing. As a matter of fact, he's probably more famous now because he's on the Pat McAfee show every day than he than he was as a player. But uh, But A.J. was an incredibly solid player for uh, for the Packers for a long period of time. Here's here's the thing and think about this. There's one question. There's there's and we talk about it almost every day. There's there's one thing that had it not happened the whole dynamic changes for this team. Do you know what that question is, Ben? Do you, do you know what that action was? Drafting that way. Yeah, drafting Jordan Love. Absolutely. How effed up has it been since the drafting of Jordan Love? 
I mean, because we're sitting here right now on the precipice of you got to find out what you're going to do. Are you at the end of the career or are you not at the end of the career? You pissed off Rodgers. Rodgers went on the rant. He was going to hold out. Jordan Love was going to be the guy. You wasted the pick that could have ended up helping the team at some point in time. They had different guys that were there that were available, weapons to be able to, for Rodgers to be able to throw to that would have already been groomed, that would have been, you know, just how effed up was it that now Jordan Love may very well turn out to be uh, some kind of creation. Who knows? I mean, you know, whatever this offseason holds, and then he ends up becoming some kind of great quarterback for the Green Bay Pack. I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. But there is so much anxiety, animosity, consternation just because of that pick. There's regret. There's anger. There's, there's just you can go through the whole list of adjectives all because of that pick. And the timing of it and everything that's gone on, uh, it's just it's phenomenal how much how much chaos that pick has thrown into the Packers franchise. Just wow. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin tell you, no, that's not motorboating right now. That is, it's cold. And maybe you're doing a little shivering and shaking. And if it's in your home and it's coming through the windows and the wind, God knows the wind is blowing outside in my house. It's nice. It's warm. It's comfy. It's cozy. It's sitting right at 70 degrees. It doesn't budge. doesn't move. Why? Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It used to. It used to up until about three months ago. It used to fluctuate it all the time. Not anymore. Love the new patio door. Love the windows. Love the patio doors. Everything that Pella has to offer has come to fruition. I can now sit here with confidence and go, I told you, this is fantastic. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And right now, you got another day or two. Two years, no interest, no payments, no money down. How about that? Right now, you got to call them. Got to get on the books. Go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella wi.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI, 855-P-E-L-L-A, 855-PELLA-WI, and tell them I sent you. Say, I want the, the same windows, patio doors, entryways, same stuff that Bill Michaels has because his house is more economical, his house is, is cozy, there's no drafts, there's no breeze, there's no nothing coming through, and it's just the opposite in the winter or in the summertime when it's keeping the heat out and the cool in. Oh, it's so nice. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome in, one, welcome in all. Good to have you. Hour number two of the Bill Michael Show. Boy, it's blustery outside. A lot of people uh, chiming in in many different ways. Uh, I see the uh, the live stream itself going up. I had a few people that said they lost uh, they lost the internet, so now they're on their phones watching the program. Lost the internet. They're working in the offices today. Blustery outside, so keep the uh, keep the uh, the hatches battened down. And uh, there's gale winds or gale warnings over on Lake Michigan, as a matter of fact, for for large ships. So. Gale warnings out there. Be careful. Uh, 877-867-1670. We now bring in our, our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield. Joining us now on the hotline. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you today? 
Doing great. Doing great. I mean, obviously, we wish the Packers were able to pull out that exciting game and uh, somewhat of a horrific uh, defensive performance. But nevertheless, it's Packers-Bears week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play. We're still waiting to find out officially if uh, Justin Fields is going to be out there on the field. But uh, for the most part, everybody seems to be taking betting-wise the, uh, the Green Bay Packers to win this one. You tell me what you saw in that game between the Packers and the Eagles the other night that gives you any kind of optimism. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think there might be some optimism to be found, perhaps, you know, with respect to the passing game and what they were able to do at times in the passing game. You know, there's some optimism perhaps to be found there. You know, you look at the stint that you saw in that game that might give you an eye towards the future, particularly with Jordan Love going six for nine for, you know, 113 yards in the touchdown. I think that shows you at least in a small sample size that there might be something that the Packers have there to work with. You know, flipping it around a little bit, the inability to stop the run, that Eagles run game, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, featured Jalen Hurts as well, what he can do with his legs. You know, that's something that at some point you're going to have to sort of sort out. And I know there are a lot of questions about this Packers defense and what they've done or perhaps more accurately failed to do this year. And so I feel like that's going to be, I know that's going to be a huge focus of discussion around Green Bay over the coming days, weeks, and even months. And so, you know, I think that's something that has to certainly get sorted out. I, I know that the big question right now is what to do with Aaron Rodgers over the next couple of weeks. You know, I know he said that he wants to go. He says he's going to play this week, and I certainly understand why he'd want to go up against this Chicago Bears defense. I mean, they just made Mike White look like an all an all pro Hall of Famer last week. So I'm sure mm-hmm. Rodgers wants to get some snaps and throws in against that group. But then maybe after the bye, it might be sort of time to say, okay. We're not going to make the playoffs, even if you win this week five and eight. Probably not going to get in. Maybe it's time to sort of give Jordan Love some starts because, as we know, decisions have to be made over the next couple of months about what this team's going to do roster-wise. The thought is that uh, everybody needs to see Jordan Love. At this point in time, if you're the coaching staff and the general manager, you've had him in your system three, four years now, you kind of know what you got, don't you? I mean, we use that phrase all the time, right, Bill? Like, we're talking about a younger quarterback, a quarterback on his first year, his first contract, quarterback as a rookie that hasn't seen the field. You're seeing it in Atlanta right now. Oh, you have to see what you have in Desmond Ritter. I think at this point, we sort of ignore that they're seeing Jordan Love every day in practice. You know, they're seeing what he's doing week in and week out. They have an idea of what he can do. I think the understanding and the idea of giving him some starts, though, is to give him the opportunity to approach it not just in practice, to approach it not just in mop-up duty like we saw, you know, this weekend, to give him the sort of week. Like, you're the starter. You know, Monday morning we're installing the game plan with you in mind. This is what we're going to do. Give him a couple of weeks as an NFL starting quarterback, handling the job from Monday to Sunday. I think there is something to be gained from giving him that opportunity and evaluating him through that lens. So I think at some point you have to sort of give him the opportunity to see what you have in Jordan Love as a starting quarterback, not just a quarterback in the NFL that's getting some snaps here and there. And so I think it is important to give him that chance, see what he does, and then evaluate him through that lens. The the playoff standings, it's very unlikely the Packers are going to find themselves in the playoffs, even if they would run the table at this point. They've just got so much climbing to do. But I do want to talk about the Eagles get a win and – 
the like you said, the, the Packers, I, they couldn't tackle anybody, but the Eagles gave up 30 points. Is there an Achilles heel to this Philadelphia Eagles team that leads the NFC right now? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at Philadelphia's defense, you know, over the past couple of weeks, certainly after Jordan Davis went down, they've struggled at times to stop the run. It's why they brought in Linval Joseph. It's why they brought in Dominic and Sue. Now they've got, you know, Chauncey Garner-Johnson with a lacerated kidney. So they've had some injuries in the secondary that are starting to pile up and it's going to cause them some problems going forward. You know, from the Eagles' perspective, part of it is also schematic. Jonathan Gannon at times, and the Eagles fans get, you know, get lit their hair on fire at times when he's a little bit more conservative, playing off coverage, not bringing pressure as much as they'd like to see. And so these are some things that, you know, similar to what we just talked about with the Green Bay Packers, that the Eagles are going to have to figure out down the stretch. Because, you know, at one time, and we talked about this, Bill, a couple weeks ago, it looked like, yeah, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, no question. Now that seems that seems to have softened a little bit. You see the inconsistencies on defense, the injuries up front and in the secondary. There's some questions about, okay, look, the run game was obviously great against the Packers, but what about the passing game? You know, A.J. Brown has been, you know, banged up a little bit, nicked up a little bit. He had an illness as well where he lost, I think, like seven pounds or something like that, had a ruptured eye vessel um, from vomiting. You know, so Mm -hmm. he's been sort of missing in the passing game for them. And so, you know, the Eagles do have some questions that they need to answer, particularly when you look around and you see, oh, maybe Dallas is making a little bit of a run. Maybe San Francisco has put some things together. You know, when, when at one time it looked like, yeah, you know, the Eagles are the team to beat. They're the class of the NFC. That's changed in the past couple of weeks. So the Eagles have some things to figure out as they look ahead to the playoffs. Um, I want to talk about the Vikings in uh, the sense that the Vikings get just destroyed by the Cowboys. They bounced back last week. But sitting at 9-2, and two, one of their losses, obviously, against Philadelphia. Are they for real in the fact that they now have Hawkinson? They've added that additional weapon. That tight end position is viable now. Uh, or is this still, uh, even though their defense has played well, they haven't played great, and it's still somewhat questionable? I mean, I think it's still somewhat questionable. I mean, I remember we had this discussion last week, and I said, look, just when I was starting to get in on Minnesota, because I've been lukewarm on them at best for most of the season, they go out and have that game where they just get blown out. It was a nice bounce-back win against New England. I think part of what we saw in that game was, you know, they found some ways to execute in the passing game. Kirk Cousins, I think, did a good job sort of neutralizing New England's four-man pass rush and Matthew Judon. Brian O'Neill, their right tackle, he had a very good game against Matthew Judon as well, you know, sort of limiting the pressures. Cousins did a good job getting the ball out quickly. And so I think that that was good from the offensive side of things. You know, defensively, Patriots fans for three and a half quarters saw a vertical passing game that was actually a little bit explosive. You know, obviously Minnesota had some injuries in the secondary that might have contributed to that, but I think that's going to be an issue for the Vikings going forward. If New England could put up, you know, points the way they did on Thursday night when they're a mid to low end of the spectrum kind of passing offense, they're not one of the best passing games in the league. You know, what are they going to do against teams down the stretch that have better passing games? And so it was a good win for Minnesota, but I'm still sort of in the wait and see mode with them because. You know, it's hard to ignore what we saw against a very good Dallas team a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, I also want to talk about the team that's behind them, not San Francisco. I mean, everybody else, you know, you've got to the Philadelphia Eagles, Minnesota Vikings, 10 and 9 wins. Everybody else is quite a bit less than that. San Francisco with seven, Tampa Bay with five. Dallas at least has eight wins on the season, but they're going to go in as a wild card at this point. The Giants with seven wins. Tell me out of that lot, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Dallas, New York, even Washington to a certain extent, who's got that opportunity to actually win the NFC? You know, I, I look at San Francisco, you know, and San Francisco and Dallas, I think are probably the two that I would look at. I look at what San Francisco could do offensively with McCaffrey, with Debo, the different ways they can create conflict with those players as matchup potential nightmares uh, for defenses. I look at you know what they can do on the defensive side of the ball as well. They've been impressive this year. You know, and Jimmy Garoppolo say what you want about him. I know he gets a lot of criticism for some you know, some throws or missed opportunities in big games. Obviously, the Super Bowl comes to mind and this late in that game. But with these weapons around him and what Kyle Shanahan has done so far with McCaffrey in the fold, there's opportunities for him to make quick reads, quick throws, get the ball out, be a point guard. And that's where he's at his best. And so I think San Francisco obviously is a team to worry about, you know, if you're a fan of another NFC team. And then Dallas, you know, you look at that defense, you look at their ability to get pressure, you look at their ability to get pressure with four. They're one of the best teams in the entire NFL at pressure and with four, and that's a tried-and-true recipe for success as a defense. If you can get pressure consistently with four, play with coverage numbers in the secondary, we definitively have you know four over three and three over two, regardless of what you're doing coverage-wise, that's always a recipe for success. And so those two teams, San Francisco and Dallas, those are the two teams that I trust the most in the NFC right now. And that might even, frankly, include the Eagles because of what we've seen from them in the past couple of weeks. Talking with uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation, at Mark Schofield over on uh, on Twitter. Now the big news coming out of the AFC is obviously that Deshaun Watson's coming back to the Cleveland Browns. Now they're pretty much dead in the water, we all know, but at least for the first time in a year, year and a half, or a little bit more, more Deshaun Watson's going to make his return. He's got to not only fight all of the, the stigma that's out there about him, but then he's got to be able to shake off a year and a half worth of rust. What are the Cleveland Browns? I mean, because they've got a ton of money wrapped up into this guy. So give me your thoughts on Deshaun Watson coming back and how Cleveland kind of does the remainder of the year and what they're looking for. I mean, I think what they're looking for, Bill, is to sort of see Watson get back into game shape and get game speed back. Like you said, it's been a year and a half since he's been on the field. It's been a very long time, and that is a long layover for a quarterback who's now in a new offense. And let's not forget, because of the suspension and the terms of the suspension, he was away from the building. He couldn't come back even to the facility, you know, until a couple of weeks ago. And so he's going to be in a new offense after a year and a half layoff. And we're going to see if the Browns can get him into a position where next year, this is an offense that could perhaps make a run to the playoffs. Because like you said, that you know they're too far behind in the AFC to really make any sort of run. So this is all about sort of getting his legs back under him, getting him familiar with that offense, getting him familiar with the concepts of Kevin Stefanski is going to be calling. Now it's interesting that, look, every week, past couple of years, on Wednesday, their starting quarterback speaks to the media. Watson's not going to be made available today. You know, So that sort of you know highlights the fact that there are other – issues and circumstances to his return than just the on the field. I mean, we know that. We've seen that with the suspension and everything that has happened around Deshaun Watson over the past couple of years and months. But on the field between the lines, next couple of weeks about getting him in that offense, getting him familiar with Kevin Stefanski's system, and making it so that he's ready next year 
to put the pieces together. Because like you said, Bill, guaranteed millions upon millions of an investment into Sean Watson. They need to make sure that this can work for the long term on the field. Uh, I want to look at the Dolphins because I find them intriguing because of the year that Tua has had, obviously, and everything that he went through adversity-wise early on this season. And then over the five of the next six games, uh, it's against teams with winning records, and they're sitting right now right behind the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for the top spot in the AFC. Who'd have thunk that the Dolphins would rise this quick by the addition of Tariq Hill and a couple other offensive players for Tua? But talk about uh, talk about their opportunities here. I mean, they have it all to play for. I mean, when you look at what they've done to this point of the season, when you look at some of the wins that they've had and the ability that they've shown to be so explosive in the passing game to really stress defenses at all levels for the field, you know, if you're a Dolphins fan, there's a reason why Dolphins fans are extremely, extremely excited and extremely vocal, you know, online, on social media and elsewhere, because, you know, they heard all summer long that the big question was to, uh, was he going to take the stride that he needed to? Was he going to you know, make the investment in the trade for Tyreek Hill and all the other additions that they made on the offensive side of the ball around the quarterback position was Tua going to be good enough to make those pay off. And we've seen that so far this season. They've been, they have an unblemished record, you know, and I know quarterback wins aren't exactly a stat, but when he's been in the lineup, you know, they've won. But like you said, they've got some games down the stretch here. And you're, you're going to see a lot of important critical you know, tough games league-wide because of the way the schedule seems to be stacking up. But they've got three straight road games coming up, you know, at San Francisco, at the Chargers, and then at Buffalo over the next three weeks. Like, that's a very big stretch. They get the Packers at home and then a trip to Foxborough to play New England and then the Jets in the final game of the season. Those are some good teams. Those are some very good defense. New England with a very good defense. The Jets with a very good defense. The Niners, we talked about them, what they can do defensively. And so these are some critical games and critical tests for Miami. Their ability to be explosive, the speed they have, the wide receiver position, the stress they put on defenses, it's caused some defensive breakdowns for other teams. If that holds, they could certainly win this division with the weapons that they have and the way that Tua is running that offense. Real quick before I let you go, you got two what I consider two really big games coming up this weekend. One of them obviously being Thursday night. The Bills trying to put everything back together, taking on the Patriots in New England. And then obviously on Sunday, the Chiefs in a rematch of that AFC Championship game, this time in Cincinnati. Let's start with uh, the Bills and the Patriots real quick. Bills, they need this one big time, don't they? Yeah, I mean, both teams need this one. New England's playoff hopes right now take a critical hit if they lose on Thursday. Buffalo needs to win, you know, in a position to win the AFC East, and they need to shake off a little bit of rust of their own. I mean, they've had some red zone woes. Josh Allen's thrown 11 interceptions, which is tied for most in the league. Both teams really need a win in this game. I think what's what's going to be the, the matchup to sort of watch when Buffalo has the football, how does New England play defensively? Do we see more zone coverage? Looks like we saw on Thursday night against the Vikings. So they go back to the man coverage stuff. They've been a very heavy man coverage, single high coverage team this year. How do they decide to play Josh Allen in that Bills passing game? I think that's the matchup that's going to really determine this game. New England's going to want to run the ball, go play action. We know what they're going to do offensively. But what does it look like when Allen has the football? How does Bill Belichick, how does Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, how do they play defense against him? 
And then, obviously, you got Kansas City in Cincinnati, and, and Cincinnati held Jamar Chase out of the game the other day against Tennessee because they wanted to make sure he was ready to go for this contest. They're really kind of hoping that uh, he comes back and doesn't miss a beat because they're going to need everything to be able to beat Kansas City because their defense is playing good, but by no means great. And we know that uh, you know Patrick Mahomes, obviously, even after losing Tariq Hill, has had a hell of a season with his offense. Yeah, I mean, he's had a fantastic year with that offense. They're getting guys involved. They're, they're doing some stuff out of three tight end packages in the downfield passing game, which has been impressive. But, I mean, I think the point you led with, Bill, you know, keeping Chase out because we've seen Chase have huge games against Kansas City in the past. Over the past couple of weeks, T. Higgins has had two of his best games as a Bengal with what he's done against Pittsburgh and then last week against Tennessee. Some of those back shoulder throws that Burrow loved to make in Chase's direction. He's been targeted. Higgins is on those the past couple of weeks. You know, teams when Chase went down, looks like some defenses, Tennessee in particular, really focused on Tyler Hill in the slot. That's what opened up opportunities for Higgins. And so I think this is a game where you're going to see a ton of points. I think both offenses are going to put a point. But with Chase back, Cincinnati certainly has a chance to win this game. Do they pull that off? That remains to be seen because trying to outscore Patrick Mahomes is sometimes tough. They've done it before. Who knows if they can do it again? Good stuff as always, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out a couple of extra minutes, and we'll uh, talk again next week, okay? Sounds great, Bill. Have a great week. Enjoy the games. You too, bud. Appreciate it. There you go. That's our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield over there on SB Nation. Joining us for a couple of minutes, uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. It is that time of year. You're going to start thinking about maybe a little bit of jewelry, some gift ideas. Go to KaneJewelry.com, KaneJewelry.com, and uh, you can see for yourself all that uh, they have to offer, not to mention they've got the podcast, the Buy Like a Guy podcast. You can see that as well. Uh, Andy does a terrific job with that. So a lot of reasons to make a trip to West Bend and a lot of, uh, you know, holiday good gets out there as well. But, man, they have got some beautiful, beautiful jewelry. Go to KaneJewelry.com. K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.